0: Warning, Home Truths is about real life, and real life can be distressing. Topics covered may include descriptions of domestic violence, sexual abuse, addiction, or mental health issues. Listener discretion is advised.
1: A Podcast One Production.
0: I'm Wendy Searle, and this is Home Truths. Grief visits us all throughout our lives, and how we cope varies from person to person. The grief of losing a child is unimaginable for most of us. It was less than a year after the loss of a son when I approached Jody, and I didn't know what to expect. And what I found was a woman who was determined to make her son's life count. I'm sitting in your apartment and across from me is, is it Hamish's kumala? Yes. <laughs> Can you explain what's here?
1: Yeah, we've got a beautiful um, porcelain urn that we got made for him and we've got a little quote on the top saying that he'll always be watching over us and I've got a little angel and some crystals surrounding him just protecting him and just a, a beautiful photo of him just after he was born that's his little corner in our living room and he'll always be here. His presence is definitely felt all the time.
0: When I heard about your story, I was very worried that I was impinging upon your grief and your pain by asking you to speak. Is this too soon for me to ask you to speak?
1: No, I don't think so. I think, um, if anything, I want to speak up more about it. And I want to have start this conversation with more people because I feel like the more we openly speak about grief and loss and, you know, these kind of things, the better. And it also helps me with my own healing to be able to share my story. So, yeah.
0: Jodie was happily married and well-established in a career when she fell pregnant.
1: I finished work uh, around 36 weeks and I started to prepare everything at home and I had a few weeks to just kind of calm down from the stressful life I was living. And I got to 39 or 38 weeks and six days pregnant and I just felt like something wasn't quite right. It was a Saturday morning and I, I woke up and I just had that I guess gut instinct or intuition that something wasn't right and I couldn't feel Hamish move and we always knew his name was going to be Hamish. That morning when I felt something was wrong we kind of tried everything. I I drank juice, I kind of like moved around and I got to the point where I was like I really don't like I can't remember the last time he kicked in my stomach I did have a checkup that week and everything was fine so I never had any cause for alarm. Um, I was seeing my obstetrician weekly so there was never any worry and then um, I turned up at the hospital that afternoon and the midwife put the CTG scanner on my belly and just looked at me with a face of dread and she just kind of said I've got to get someone else and left the room Um, and we both looked at each other and Like, we just knew, like, we just knew at that moment it was like, well, if there's no heartbeat, he's probably gone. We had no idea why and we're just sitting in that room in the maternity ward just waiting and within, like, 20 minutes they had the radiographer in the room doing a full scan and she turned the screen around and showed us his little body and just said, I'm really sorry, there's no heartbeat. So that was, I guess, the defining moment that totally turned our life upside down. We had no idea what had happened, so that was also really hard to deal with. It's like just accepting the fact that I've been carrying my son for nine months and then having to kind of mentally comprehend the fact that he's gone and then... They said, you're going to have to give birth naturally. And that to me was like... Who told you that? (sighs) Um, Well, the obstetrician said, it's best for you and your future children. So it was really emotional for everyone. But I think everyone just pulled themselves together because they knew we had a job to do and we had to, you know, make it happen. And yeah, and everyone was just pretty strong and... um, you know, really supportive and it was actually a very peaceful labour room. Greg, my husband and Jenna, my doula, both were on either side of me holding each of my hands, you know, cheering me on as I pushed for two hours because it was a lot harder giving birth naturally because when your baby's not alive, um, they just don't have that form and it's a lot harder to get them out. So... Yeah, having her support there meant the world. Um, I also had the amazing social worker Deb and my obstetrician and another midwife. So it was like a room full of love helping me get through it. He came out and was put straight on my chest and I held him for about two hours. And it was like a normal birth, I guess, except for there was no cries in the labor room. I felt a lot of peace and when he came out, it was just, there was still so much joy and love in the room and um, my whole family came about an hour or so later and they all got to hold him and it was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to physically get through mentally, emotionally, but it just showed me how strong I really am. Because I guess when you're faced with no other choice, it's kind of like, you just got to get through it.
0: So Hamish was born at 39
1: weeks? Yeah, he was born at 39 weeks, Sunday night at 6.14pm on the 10th of September, yeah, last year. Everyone that loses a child will have someone different speak to them and advise them on what is the best thing to do. And obviously parents have to make that choice themselves. But if you're not given, someone's not gently nudging you along and saying, you know, right now it might be really hard to hold your baby, but you'll, you'll really love it if you do. Those memories of holding your baby will last a lifetime. So I think, yeah, having someone there to gently guide you means a lot. Um, when you grow a little baby in your, your womb for the, those nine months and you get to hold them for the first time, that is like the most joyous moment. And um, getting to see what he looked like and just hold his little hands and his feet, it meant the world to me. My 89-year-old pop got to hold him and for his generation, none of this would have happened. It's only really in the last 30 years where people know now that it's really important for families to say a proper goodbye when they lose a child. Um, so we had a cuddle cot in the hospital one night where we could have him overnight with us in the room. Um, it's a cooling cot that keeps him at four degrees. So that was nice. And, you know, I'm very blessed that we're at a great hospital that had good support and they encouraged us to hold him as much as we wanted I even actually got to carry him out of the hospital and um, straight to his funeral. And while that was the hardest thing we ever did, saying goodbye to his physical body, um, you know, it gave me so much pride and happiness to be able to hold him that day in.
0: Grief can often feel like someone has stolen something from you. It feels unfair and confusing as you search for someone to blame. I asked Jodie if this is how she felt when she lost Hamish.
1: So Hamish was wrapped in the umbilical cord and um, we had no reason to further investigate his death. Um, We knew that it was an accident, a tragic accident at that, but there was no one to blame. Um, I think... I would be like, well, we had the scan at 36 weeks. How did it not show up then? You know, we had this, so we had that. Like, you try and find answers and you you do get angry. You know, you're like, why? I know my parents were very angry for the loss of their first grandson, and and Greg was also very angry um, for quite some time. But um, I think I got to the point where I was like, you know what? There's no one to blame here. I can't, who can I be angry at? You know, I can try. I, I was probably angry at myself for um, not knowing that something was wrong. But, you know, then I think, well, how, how was I supposed to know? And when I did know, it was too late. So there was nothing that else that could have been done.
0: There are six babies still born every day in Australia. It is a silent ocean of grief for those involved as a subject stays in the sympathetic whispers of others who don't know how to broach the topic with you. Jodie remembers this time of her life vividly.
1: It broke me. I was always someone who thought I was very strong and I, I like, on the outward, I was very strong. I never used to cry. I never used to really show my emotions. I was this strong leader in the corporate world and I would always get stuff done and I would never show weakness. And as soon as Hamish left, that was it. Like, that whole facade came down and I started to actually feel my emotions and, like, I did go through the weeks of why me and why... why you know, why did this happen to me and how could it? You know, I, I had the perfectly healthy pregnancy. There was never, you know, a sign that things were going downhill. So there was a lot of that at the start, but then I just kind of snapped out of it and I was like, you know, um, Hamish has chosen me for a reason and I need to honour him in everything that I do. had something inside of me that said, you need to share your grief. You need to write. So the day after he died, I started writing a blog and um, I haven't stopped. So I'm up to about 280 days now. Yeah. And the name is a blog? It's IamStillborn.com. And it is just a daily check-in of how my heart feels or what's gone on that day and and you know, the grief journey and and it's also my way of speaking to him as well. So I write a little note to him at the end of every blog post. So that's been really lovely. Um, and I've also written a book that I've just released a few weeks ago called Navigating Baby Loss. And it is a compilation of eight stories of families that have lost a baby and how they've gone through their grief, um, how they've managed to keep a relationship with their child that they've lost and and just how they've made it through the other side.
0: In your book you write, or in your blog, you write, there is nothing more healing than sharing our wounds. Mm. But don't you find that people are often uncomfortable with the big inexplicable things in life?
1: Yeah. Um, it's funny. Some people are, some people aren't. So I found... I find it really awkward when people um, kind of shut down and don't want to speak about it or, um, you know, they kind of don't want you to be openly talking about what you're going through. They'd rather just talk about the weather and, um, you know, what's been going on in the news. It's like, for me, I like to have deep conversations. I think it's really important for us to be vulnerable and share our stories.
0: If you look at it from the perspective of the person who isn't confronting your loss, They may feel that offering... They don't, may not know what to say. Mm. Can we offer solace to someone who's going through a loss such as a loss of a child?
1: Mm. I think um, just acknowledging the loss... Just saying, I'm really sorry for your loss. Even if you feel awkward talking about it, just acknowledging it is really really important. Yeah. Because
0: I think sometimes we think if you're in a bit of life where you're, we don't want to make you hurt anymore. Mm. So we don't say anything.
1: Mm, I think the hardest thing is like when you lose a child, whether it's like nine months ago or if it's 10 years ago. They're always on your heart and your mind and no one's going to bring it up for you because it's always there, you know. Um, it might be something that after the time goes by you might not think about as often but you're still it's still going to be right there every day on your heart. And I know for sure I've got friends that um, check in on the 10th of every month or, you know, every few weeks with me and just say, ''How are you going?'' I'm thinking of you and I'm thinking of Hamish.
0: And that's a good thing?
1: That's an amazing thing, you know. It just feels so good to know that I'm not alone and my friends are there for me, you know, and I know they all are.
0: How is it for Greg?
1: Um, So for him, I feel like, It was actually eye-opening seeing what he wrote in the book because I didn't know how upset and angry he was for how I felt going through this Um, because he kind of felt helpless seeing me have to give birth and go through all the pain and everything. Um, I think his anger kind of lingered for longer than mine. Um, We took a big trip to Thailand in January and both had a month off from everything Um, and really came back to ourselves and really, like, came back to the love that we had in our relationship and that really helped us both on this journey. Um, He went back to work three weeks after and had to just get on with it and put a face on and kind of smile. And
0: And he writes that Mm no-one acknowledged him.
1: Yeah, I think people acknowledged it, but um, a lot of people didn't want to upset him. So the same thing, they didn't bring it up because they... They wanted to be there for him, but they didn't openly talk about it because they didn't want to upset him in the workplace.
0: So did you go back to work after
1: maternity leave? No. So I had the maternity leave off, and like I had eight months off, and then just a month ago I decided that um, going back to the corporate life I was living before wasn't quite right for me. I was living a corporate life and I was successful from the outside but I wasn't doing something I really loved and I was living more in fear than anything else and what I realised after Hamish was that life is too short and you, you just never know what could happen and we can't live our life like we'll get another chance because this is it. So Hamish kind of gave me that reality check and kind of shook me up and was like, Mum, you can't just keep living your life that way. Um, Doing a job you don't 100% love, um, living your life running from place to place, and also doing so many things for people without putting yourself first. So it was like a real big lesson in how to take care of myself.
0: Everybody's grief journey is different. So when a woman who's just lost a child reaches out to you, how do you know how to respond?
1: Um, I don't really tell them like what to do or anything like that. It's just, um, I'm here for you. If you need to chat about anything, if you've got any questions, you know, I'm happy to answer them. And just, I think the best thing is to tell people that you, you're really sorry for their loss and that you, you're just, you can hold some space for them because it's all that people need to, um, discuss what emotions they're going through at the time and how they're feeling and, then what next as well? So if you're a bit further down the journey than someone else, then they, they can come to you and kind of ask you, well, what's it like in six months' time? What's it like down, you know, you're nine months down the track. How is it for you now? Because I find even for me to speak to someone who's lost a child a few years ago, it's nice to get that kind of thing to see, well, they're okay. <laughs> They've made it through the other side and they're living their life uh, with more purpose and happiness since losing their child as well so that's also good to see.
0: Jodie somehow found an inner strength to help her navigate her grief and she decided that she would seek out others who had shared a similar experience and try to help those who would eventually and unexpectedly experience this as she had.
1: put this book together because when I was in the hospital I just felt so alone and you just don't know anyone else that's been through it and when you're sitting there all alone like all you want is to hear other people's stories so you feel less alone on this journey.
0: And writing the blog and putting yourself in the public space through your blog and the book have other women who've lost children approached you?
1: Yeah I've had um a few reach out um through um, different means, through email or um, through friends. or um, I've definitely shared the book a lot on Facebook and um, had few women even contact me straight from the hospital when they've lost a child and just in the last few weeks. And that was like, it made it all worth it because I was like, if there's women that are going through this right now in the hospital and they've found comfort in reading the words of the book, then that means that it's you know, definitely worth doing, so.
0: Do you think you'll remain in contact? Will the, the ties slowly drift away with the other women in the community of giving birth to stillborn children?
1: No, I think we'll, a lot of us will remain friends for life, and as we go on to have our future children, we'll have our own kind of mother's group, I think. Um, when you go through something like this... Um, I, obviously, my next pregnancy is going to be very different. There's no innocence in it. And, you know, I'm going to need my friends that have lost children as well around me to support me and through that journey.
0: To your future, yeah, wonderful family
1: yeah. of three plus. Yeah, <laughs> well, Greg, if he had his way, I don't know how many kids, we'd have probably five. <laughs> we'll see.
0: <laughs> it's been an absolute honour.
1: Thanks so much, Wendy. I really appreciate it. It's been lovely speaking to you. Thanks.
0: (laughs) I kept in contact with Jodie and 12 months later, she invited me to visit her again. Jodie, it's been 12 months or more since we last spoke and in that time there's been quite a few changes in your life. Can you just uh, tell me what the biggest change has been?
1: Well, the biggest change has been um, my daughter Lucy. She was born on the 6th of February this year. Um, so I was actually pregnant um, when we last chatted, but it would have been very early stages so in the first few weeks. So, um, yeah, so she's just going on almost four months next week. So, yeah, it's been a huge change and um, so exciting. and It's so nice to um, have a new addition to our family.
0: And what was the break in between... Hamish's birth and you falling pregnant with Lucy
1: it was eight months so um, and I think I needed those eight months to grieve properly and to feel ready um, to really have that space in my life again to um, bring a new soul in and I just you know I felt like obviously I was still grieving when I fell pregnant with Lucy but I'd been through my darkest days at that point you know um, I cried for 90 days straight after Hamish died I let a lot of it out so I felt like at that point I was ready um, you know to become a mum again and go on this journey so yeah
0: (laughs) How was the pregnancy?
1: Um, it was a long nine months. <laughs> Every month we're just counting down the days and you know, to meet her and I had an amazing obstetrician. I had weekly scans from about 28 weeks and just a lot of extra checkups. Um, not because we thought anything was wrong with Lucy, more just that to give us peace of mind after everything that we'd been through with Hamish. So yeah.
0: It was such a beautiful surprise to hear about the birth of Jodie and Greg's second child Lucy. Jodie taught me that it's okay to feel my sadness as well as my strength and when life kicks hard I can cry and talk about it even if it makes others feel uncomfortable and that sometimes we need to assess if we're living our lives for others or for ourselves
1: <laughs> that, I could just hear Lucy in the background <laughs> cry.
0: what a wonderful what a wonderful noise I
1: might have to just give <laughs> a dummy.
0: Home Truths was presented by Wendy Searle and created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Executive producer Jennifer Goggin. Sound production and music by Matt Nikolich. To hear more episodes, go to podcastoneaustralia.com.au. Download the Podcast One app or search Home Truths on Apple Podcasts. If you would like to receive a free notification each time I release a new episode, hit subscribe. And if you would like to get in touch and share a story of your own, email me at hello at wendyserl.com. That's wendy, S-E-A-R-L-E dot com. Podcast One. If any of the issues in this episode have affected you, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. Lifeline provides all Australians experiencing a personal crisis, access to a 24-hour crisis support and suicide prevention services. For a list of more specialised resources, please visit www.puckerup.com forward slash help and that's spelled p-u-k-a-u-p dot com forward slash help.